Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Oh, it's going swell. I'm a fresh uh, plane right off of L.A. Got back late last night to watch my Browns in a tremendous game, but coming up short. Uh, yeah, it's been, I've been traveling across the country, little Minnesotas, hang out with my boys Izzy and Hur- uh, Hurley, little L.A. time to see some old friends, see some Browns football, and uh, right back out this week, going to see Arizona come to town and go 5-1. and one. Can't wait. Yeah. We'll five and we'll one. That's I, right. I'm still I'm still frustrated about that defensive pass interference call. Oh, worst call I've ever totally seen. Totally changed. Worst the call game. I've ever seen. But you know it is what it is. You can't complain. Life goes on. Oh, uh, and you just gotta keep winning these football games. A lot to I talk about I, this week. I don't want to sound like you know like the refs did us like that. But what about the holding oh, call, which like was cl- which was clearly our, the hands to the face when our offensive lineman was getting choked, not holding. Yeah, the shit was assault. Play. No, no big deal. Just some big fourth down calls that didn't go our way. Yeah. Um, no, no big deal whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, life goes on. We'll see. Yep. In, I mean, I, I was looking at Super Bowl tickets today uh, just to see how much they were in SoFi. And, yeah, they're pretty pricey. They're really pricey this year. I, w- I would imagine. In California. SoFi Stadium, real nice. Uh, you know, I, I went to Minnesota last week in U.S. Bank Stadium. And I, I got to say, I, I prefer U.S. Bank Stadium over Whoa. SoFi, which is crazy. Mm. Like, it just... It's prettier from the outside, and then the inside, uh, SoFi's got that really cool scoreboard with all the TVs on it, right. so like an hour before the game, you can watch actually the NFL games, so I got to catch like an hour of NFL games, but then they show the warm-ups. That, that was really cool, but like, it was the scoreboard, you know, in the middle field. Like, I'm watching the game at the same time. I, I really liked Minnesota, so uh, yeah, but nice stadium. Can't wait to go back to see the Browns play there. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to sell my house to do it because <laughs> it ain't looking cheap. But no, we have a lot to talk about this week because a ton of injuries, a ton of injuries. As we enter week six, we're almost halfway through the regular season here. We'll be talking rookies before we know it. Um, this is, you know, but as injuries come, it's, 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 a, it's a good mix here because this is where we're going to find out who are the pretenders and who are the contenders in your dynasty league. Because as we sit here and go into week six, uh, you know, also week six starts to bring the bye week. So we have an influx of injuries and bye weeks, which is going to create a lot of trade-in activity from this point going forward. We're going to see teams start to make a push. They're going to need help. Uh, help because one of their players go down or help just because their players are on bye. Remember, this isn't redraft. You can't plan out bye weeks. There's a very good chance you can end up with a, uh, all three of your starting receivers on bye in one single week. So where's that value at? Make sure you check out our YouTube channel. We'll be doing our sneaky starts there every week. Garrett's done the last two. I did the first two. Uh, I got some more coming out this week. Uh, but some of these injuries will bring some good trade opportunity too. And that's where we're going to get into it with injuries, bring open doors for either selling or buying players. But before we get into all that, let me talk about our friends at thrive. That's right. Come up and prop up on thrive fantasy. This football season thrive fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props with thrive. You can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. And right now, new users who deposit $10 get one free $20 $20 NFL ticket plus a free $20 NBA ticket. 
New users who deposit $100 get two free $20 NFL tickets and one free $20 NBA ticket. Plus, you get a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. That is the best offer they have offered all year. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Make sure you use that promo code NERDS to get all that sweet deal. It's free money, free entries. It's a fun way to play. Tons of prop bets over, under, which players you like, which ones you don't. Check out their props today at thrivefantasy.com and use that promo code NERDS. So, guys, let's get into some of these injuries here. Uh, right, out the, right out the gate, you know, super flex leagues here. We're talking about um, Russell Wilson. Dislocated finger, needed surgery. Uh, they're calling it mallet finger. He's out probably four to eight weeks. Uh, honestly, the, the, when I looked into it a little bit, it's, it's about a six-week time frame, that little mallet uh, thing, where he came, the mallet fingers, when you came and straighten out your fingers, it's just pretty dead. So when they say six, eight weeks, we're probably looking at the outcome of six weeks. Um, so for me, this is a situation where he's out for almost a regular rest of the season. You know, right. Geno Smith puts him in a position to succeed. Do you guys think Geno Smith could come in here in super flex leagues, maybe uh, help out a team? per se, with Tyler Lockett there and DK Metcalf? Or is this going to really boost up Chris Carson's value? Like, where's the value here in Dynasty Fantasy Football with Russell Wilson going out for what may seem like the regular rest of the fantasy football season? I mean, I think it's obviously Geno Smith is going to be a usable commodity in Superflex you know, situations. I, th I think he's going to be in that QB2 conversation. But, I, I mean, I'm not excited that, that Geno Smith is going to be running the show here for, for any of the other guys. Um, I mean, you would think that teams will be able to stack the box even a little bit more against uh, against a Chris Carson uh, type of back as well. So, I don't I don't like it really for anybody personally uh, on, on the Seahawks. I'm 100 percent with you, Matt. I think this is a downgrade all assets type of situation. We're talking about Russell Wilson, a, a top five real life quarterback, easily top ten fantasy quarterback, maybe sneaking into that top five as well on the fantasy end. Uh, the the, the entire offense is predicated around him. There's very few teams, Ravens come to mind, but there's very few teams that rely on their quarterback as much as the Seattle Seahawks do to really orchestrate everything. And he is one of those types of players. So uh, I don't think the running game will be better because of it necessarily. Yes, maybe a few more opportunities, but that'll be negated by less efficiency probably. And DK Metcalf, I don't know how well Geno Smith looked okay for that time that he went in there. He actually looked pretty good for some of it, but this is fairly common in the NFL. The guy comes in for relief, is a little bit of a change of pace compared to the other quarterback, looks promising for a quarter or two, but now defensive have an entire week or multiple weeks to game plan around Geno Smith versus Russell Wilson. I think it's I think it's bad news all around. Now I'm downgrading everyone to some extent and and maybe even a guy like Tyler Lockett more than most. Yeah, so say you're a contender, right? You have Russell Wilson, you're contending here. Uh, you just lose him. You need a quarterback. It, obviously, a quarterback's extremely hard to trade for in super flex leagues. Um, I personally think like a good target to go out there and get for somebody who shouldn't it shouldn't really cost you a ton. Maybe two seconds possibly right around there is maybe Tyler Taylor Heineke mm -hmm. from the Chiefs. Um, I think he's somebody that could come in there and kind of carry you to the playoffs until Russell Wilson gets there. If you're a true contender, because I mean, he's right, let's face the facts right now. He's sitting at quarterback number 15 overall, which so he, he's almost a high. He's pretty much a high end 
quarterback too. He plays Kansas City this week. Kansas City so far has been dreadful when it comes to stopping the quarterbacks. I mean, they're giving up over 28 points per game when it comes to facing the fantasy football quarterback. So I think if you can act fast now, this is a this is a player that's most likely going to be available in super flex leagues. Even would you guys think if you're a true contender, if you had to buy Taylor Heineke and, and somebody is playing real hardball and they want to get, they say, hey, give me your 22 first or 23 first and I'll give you Heineke in my second. Would you do that? Or would you just try to buy him for like multiple seconds here? Or is there another quarterback you guys might have in mind that may be a good go buy for players that might have just lost Russell Wilson in Dynasty Fantasy Football and what price would you be willing to pay? I mean, I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned, I think, with Heineke just because it sounds like um, Fitzpatrick is getting close to returning. I know they're like kind of making it sound like Heineke might continue as the starter, but if something happens and he falters, now all of a sudden there is a safety net back, you know, in the form of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I'm 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 a little worry about um, going out and getting a Heineke for like the rest of the season okay. type of scenario. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, Russell will be back at some point. So in, in this given scenario, you know, maybe it might work. It might line up perfect where Heineke is a guy that just bridges the gap. But I'm not sure I'm willing to, you know, throw a first round pick at Heineke and get a second back. That, that seems like a little bit too stiff. I would be OK giving too much. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be a little bit too much for me. But I, I mean, I'd be all right giving it a couple seconds. Even I don't know, man. In Superflex, so I wouldn't. Those, I wouldn't like giving the first teaser. Yeah, the the, the second. Okay, what about picks, what about a guy maybe like uh, like Teddy Bridgewater? I I would be okay with that, but I mean, you're not getting high end performance. I don't think out of Teddy. But, not, that's, that's my, but my whole point is like, I don't think you're gonna be able to buy a high end. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. not gonna the, get that regardless. Like I'm just saying, if you're a contender and you need to keep this boat afloat, I mean, obviously. Obviously, the biggest misconception is when you play in Superflex, you have to start a second quarterback. Now, if you're a good enough playoff contender, maybe you have a running back or a wide receiver, you can slide into that role. But if there's a quarterback who's going to give you, you know, even a mid-range quarterback is going to give you wide receiver two numbers, essentially. So for me, I was just wondering if there's any guys out there you felt comfortable with. Obviously, I thought if Heineke could hold on to that role, I, I forgot Ryan Fitzpatrick could possibly come back here. Um, he's looked pretty good over these last couple of weeks. I mean, this is somebody who, for me, he brings a little bit of Russian ability to him. He had 40 rushing yards just last week. Uh, his touchdown to his touchdown ratio. I know. Uh, I think over the last three or four games, he's got at least seven touchdowns. So well, he's been getting it done. The the thing is, he's actually even higher than quarterback 15 because remember he missed. He didn't play in that first game. That was Fitzpatrick. It was probably oh, yeah. through the second game. So he's actually been a quarterback one every single week. I believe if he was this past week, the the three weeks prior he was. So I think he on a per game basis, he's even higher than that. So yeah, if I'm given a couple seconds, I'm willing to to take that risk and throw that out there. Uh, the guy I'm going after is a guy that uh, I've been preaching about all off season. He's actually been quarterback 12 over the past two weeks. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, this offense is starting to come together, starting to gel. We saw them play really well on Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens. Michael Pittman Jr. is coming into his own. Paris Campbell's getting healthy. They just announced that T.Y. Hilton is back. So all the weapons are getting there. Everybody's getting healthy, and the offense is starting to gel, which was to be expected. It would take a few weeks after he missed all of training camp for the most part with that that foot injury. Yes, you still have the injury concerns, but you do with any player. I'm I'm still trying to buy Carson Wentz. He's going to be more expensive. You'll probably have to pay a first for sure, but I would be willing to do it. Would you? I, if, I mean, see, what I, about if I'm going to go that? 
Sorry, there's two. There's two other guys that I just wanted to quickly mention, and, and it's you know it's Matt Ryan because he's old, but he's starting to actually kind of turn it up as well, um, and he, and he's been performing better the past three weeks than he did at the start of the season, and and you know you could always go out and, and test the waters on a guy like Jameis Winston as well. Uh, you know I think he was at one point like a, a really high end superflex asset, and then he dropped way off, and now he's kind of you know you're going to ride a little bit of a roller coaster. I feel like week to week with him. But he can get you some some nice output weeks as well. So uh, you know, both those guys, I don't think will cost an arm and a leg in a super flex, but can keep you afloat during this time when you're out. You know, without uh, Russ here. Yeah, I think I think Matt Ryan's a nice one, Matt. That's a sneaky play. You right over the last couple of weeks, he's been playing really well. Over week from week three to five, he's quarterback ten on the year. So he has been playing pretty well here over the last three weeks. And for his age and the direction and this way the Falcons are playing, yeah, that. That might be better value. I think I'm out of all one, all the ones we named, maybe Matt Ryan there is the best value for what you're going to pay. Sure. Um, if you had to give a first, like I definitely want something back for Matt Ryan because of his age. Um, but I, I think I feel a little bit more comfortable with what you said there. Like, oh hey, I'll give you my 23 first or 20, preferably 22 first, and you give me Matt Ryan in your second. You know, yeah, um, be, something along those lines, or maybe nice deal. maybe you have to give up, maybe you have to give up a first and a third. To get it done. Uh, maybe that's not just it. You, you might have to give up a little bit more if you're giving Matt Ryan just to move down to a non-contender. But uh, that's a nice play. Uh, Dalvin Cook, he's coming back. He practiced this today, so he's probably coming back this week. Uh, but Saquon Barkley's not coming back. He he hurt his ankle this week, so he's out. Uh, not as bad as it originally looked. It looked pretty bad originally. That, that looked um, nasty. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, super it's, swollen. It's swelled up. Uh, swelled up pretty good. I mean, it was a freak accident. I mean, what, who did the defender? Uh, it was Lewis stepped on his foot and then he rolled his ankle. So he's going to be out. They're saying two to six weeks. Typically for that low ankle sprain, you're looking about two weeks right around there. Um, if it's a little bit worse there, it could be about four or five weeks, four up to six weeks. So they're saying everything came back a lot better than anticipated. If you lost Saquon, I think, I think the obvious recovery pieces are out there are these guys we're going to be talking about throughout the show. Guys like Devontae Booker, uh, guys like Darrell Williams. If I own, you know, because obviously Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's out too. We'll get here in a second. We can piece these guys together. I mean, these are really good buys for these owners. Saquon, you know, obviously Devontae Booker, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Darrell Williams. Two running backs that can perform from a fantasy football perspective that won't cost you an arm and a leg we'll get to those guys value here a little bit later but i mean one you get, not only get the insurance in the value of those points right now which you need immediately right because at this point going forward every win counts for mm -hmm. for sure but if something does happen to pop up again say say saquon comes back in four weeks a little bit too early he hurts his ankle you still have that insurance right and then now you're not paying that playoff push price now you're just paying that price of hey I'm buying a two to three week rental, right? Or a three to four week rental, which really lowers the cost. Where if you go try to buy that running back come playoff time, people are going to really start to hold you up against a little bit more because they know that your piece is going to help you potentially win a championship, which automatically boosts the cost of these players. Do you think those guys are the best buys right now? Is just going after the backups here for a guy like Saquon Barkley, going after a guy just like Devontae Booker, who came in there carried the load. Uh, yeah, I know he wasn't active three, uh, week three, but he came in last week and he actually looked pretty good. Um, just last week, he came in there because uh, we were kind of surprised he was inactive before, but they bring him in here. Uh, I don't know who he shared carry with. Who was that? Like, uh, was it Elijah? Uh, uh, it's Penny? Elijah Penny. He's like, he's basically like a fullback that they sometimes give the ball to. 
Yeah. I think he only had one carry, though, but he came in there. He had uh, 19 of the 22 touches out of the backfield, and he produced. I mean, this is a guy who, who has a good matchup this week versus the Rams. The Rams have been middle of the road when it comes to stopping the run and on defense as a whole. And for me, I think those are the those are the plays that I would like to make. Just make the backup plays. You could you that comes down to the price of these guys. If you own Saquon, you own Clyde Edwards Alaire, what would you guys be willing to pay for this? Or is it, are you guys just getting away from this altogether? Are you gonna attack a guy maybe like Miles Gaskin? Uh who probably is probably not at the same kind of price range as those guys, really. I know he had a big game last week. Uh, has a real good matchup this week. Is that some of your targeting? Is it Damian Williams for the Bears? Is he some of your possibly target? Maybe Ramondre Stevenson, who has a good chance to get some opportunity this week. Um, these are all names that ring a bell to me that are in that second round price range that you'd probably have to pay yeah. um, right around there. Like, which ones, where are you guys going with this? I mean, I, if it's... If it's me, you know, I think we'll talk about it a little bit, a little bit more on the Nerd Herd episode. If it's me, I'm going to go uh, Devontae Booker uh, for for a direct backup to Saquon, and it's it's a safety net type of thing because, um, you know, you're not going to use him at all. He's going to be just a a spot holder on your bench basically um, when Saquon's healthy. But you know, similar to this Dalvin Cook injury. <laughs> You know, Dalvin Cook was obviously injured. He came, you know, uh, he, he missed a game, and, and uh, Alexander Madison looked really good, but then he came back, and then he was a surprise scratch this past week. So, you know, you hope that they don't do something similar to, to Saquon and, and kind of rush him back before he's fully healthy, but they might, you know what I mean? And if they do, having a guy, you know, right there as a, a, a one-to-one replacement on the same exact team is just nice and easy, especially if he's producing from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, for me, I, I'm not as interested in Booker uh, because, one, they said it was better than they thought. So I think it's going to be closer to that one to two, at worst case, three-week time frame. So I think it's going to be pretty short. And you're going to have to start him against the Rams this week, which last week they shut out uh, Alex Collins. And uh, they, they've been shutting down non-pass catching running backs. The pass catchers have done pretty well. But the non-pass catchers haven't done anything that special. The offensive line still isn't good. Uh, I, I think there's other players that I would rather go out and get. You mentioned Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a guy that's interesting that has a chance to maybe extend that workload a little bit longer than just the week or two if he does well. Another name that's interesting that's more of a late season guy that I'm hoping pans out, and it's a shot in the dark, but Marlon Mack looked really good. There's a lot of rumors about him potentially getting traded. If he ends up on a, in a situation where he's in Kansas City or he's on a team that you know a running back goes down, he could end up being a very valuable asset too. So I think I'm trying to look a little bit more long-term because the short-term outlook for a guy like Booker isn't that great. So let yeah, me, uh, let, let me yeah, ask you something so, about, um, about Marlon Mack. Did you guys, you know, obviously he played this week for the first yep. time. Do you guys just see that as, as like a showcase type of game? Because that's, that's exactly how I saw it. They, I mean, I don't think they were mixing him in it. Like when, when obviously Jonathan Taylor looked better, you know what I mean? Like right. they were still mixing in Mack. But Mack looked good. Like, like he, did. he looked like he was it's healthy. Yeah, so I think that was I think that was directly kind of involved with with trade talks and stuff like that. Yeah, and it came out a couple of weeks ago that he wanted to be traded. He was a healthy scratch two weeks ago. So I think all of those signs point to he still thinks he can be a lead back somewhere, and he's just not going to be. And he's not even the number two because Naheem Hines is the number two. So right. I, I, I think I think the writing's on the wall there. 
I think uh, I just want to piggyback off of that altogether. Completely shift gears here on that is uh, I think the way how good Marlon Mack has looked health wise is it makes me really optimistic about Cam Akers. Sure. Um, coming back from his Achilles injury for how early that happened. Um, so I wanted to throw that out there too. Like, don't forget when you're making these trades, these guys are desperate for running backs. Not to forget to target these guys who are in IR, specifically J.K. Dobbins. Cam Akers and Travis Etienne, three young running backs that have really high upside going in 2020-22. Um, if you're looking for the cheapest you could ever possibly get them, this is going to be the time frame to go out and get those guys, especially if they're on a contender because people had those players expecting them to help them carry the load on a, on a, on a chase for the championship. So, again, this is where you can find some good value. I, I've seen through the trade finder a lot of J.K. Dobbins trades have been going down this week. So he's a really good person to trade for cam makers, Travis Etienne. If you're getting ready for next year and you need help at running back, maybe you want to help your draft status by getting a little bit weaker. So if you have any running back whatsoever to offer these teams through the bye weeks, uh, maybe it's even a Chris Carson who might like good, but anybody even who is not one of these Daryl Williams, but like a solid, a, a solid fixture at running back. Uh, David Montgomery's out, but you you know what I'm talking about. I, I think uh, Miles Gaskin doesn't fall into that role, but then Chris Carson does. He falls into that role. A possible older running back that's doing really well to move those and even possibly add on top of those players to grab a guy like J.K. Dobbins. To give, sure. If you can give Chris Carson in a 22 first when the, we don't expect this 22 class to be strong at running back, if you can give Chris Carson 22 first to get J.K. Dobbins, I'm doing that. Yep. Um, and to be honest with you, I'd probably be doing that for the way I'd probably, I'd probably be doing it for Cam Akers. I'd probably be doing it for Travis Etienne. Three of these young running backs, if I, they're worth their weight in gold if they pan out. So I have no problem to do addition by subtraction by training an only running back on my team, like a guy like Chris Carson or any running back that's going to accumulate me fantasy points and potentially give me a win. When at this point in the season is where I really want to lose, right? Like I want to lose. I want to get a higher draft pick. So for me, I think those are a couple of players too. I just want to bring it up that I would go out there and try and target guys that are hurt out for the year. They have no chance to come back this season, and help a team win. All right. Uh, next on the injury list, we saw George Kittle went to IR. Um, he had that calf injury. We didn't know what was going on there. Uh, and then, surprise, they put him on IR. Ross Dwelly is going to be his uh, replacement player. He did okay here and there throughout the time. But, I mean, this is a guy who tried to play through the injury. It just didn't work out. So, they need to shut him down. Probably out three up to four weeks. So, we got another about quarter of the season to go here, half of what's left. Do you think this opens a buy window for Kittle, who has just been playing okay at this point? And if so, are you still buying Kittle, who's only 27 years old? Uh, I think it does open a little bit of a buy window. He's a guy that, you know, when you're seeing where he's at right now, he's sitting at tight end 16, and obviously he missed a week. Um, and, and you just look at the the month, you know, the week-over-week week production, 11.8 points, 5.7, 17.1, and then 8, and now he's now he's on IR for three weeks. I'm not sure, like, right now is the time, but maybe another week from now, the, the own, the, whoever has him on the team gets a little bit more desperate. So if you have, like, a fill-in type of guy, um, you know, it might be worth – sending you know sending him a tight end and and uh and a pick to get kittle uh because i th i th you know obviously he's got the talent i just the shenan the shenanigans going on right now <laughs> is what is what has me worried um but i think that i that's got to get itself straightened out don't you guys think 
I would still be willing to buy. I, I really like George Kittle. I think he's a super talented player. And this is so, not quite this bad, but we, we saw this happen back in the day with Gronk where, you know, he was going to miss time. Like you just, it was a question of how much, not if. And it, it happened every single season. But when he was on the field, he was a weapon. I still think that's the case. It's a little tougher with Trey Lance now as opposed to Jimmy G. We haven't seen the two play together as much, so there's a little more risk involved. But with how bad tight end is, any shot, any legitimate shot at a top five tight end, I think is worth worth taking that swing at. The part that has been weird is even with him out, we're still not seeing Brandon Ayuk produce. So that, that's been the toughest part of all of this is you would think that, you know, with him missing some time and being banged up here and there, then that would give an extra catapult for Brandon Ayuk to play well. And he just hasn't. So the question comes down to, is it is it Kyle Shanahan's usage of him? Is he just not as good as we thought he was and he was a, a rookie wonder? And that happens. You know, Cal, Calvin Benjamin was kind of that way. And, you know, we've had different players that have just produced out of nowhere and then just fade away just as quickly. I don't know, but either way, it's it's – I'm I'm getting rid of Brandon Ayuk if I can, uh, but you chances are you probably have to hold him at this point. The team's talking bad about him. It's they, rough. He's not progressing. They want him. He, I mean, yeah, it's not looking good. He, he's probably looking at a later year or Debo Samuel injury to really rebound here. Going back to Kittle, would you guys think, so speaking about the opportunity of a top five tight end, excuse me for my voice. I've been a lot of traveling here. Um, <laughs> there's two tight ends I want to I mention here. When we said if you would trade for Kittle, both are top five. One's averaging 14.8 points per game. One's averaging 14.4 points per game. Dawson Knox and Dalton Short, Schultz. Currently, you're tight end four and you're tight end three on the year. Knox is three. Schultz is four. Schultz is four. Do you think those are good moves right now? Um, obviously, you didn't go into the season expecting them to be your tight ends here. Would you possibly try to entertain Dawson Knox, two young guys, and Dalton Schultz to a kiddo owner trying to get him on your team? Or would you... Rather, why ride the wave of one player? Because I, I would for certain, I certainly would be happy to move Schultz if I can get a Kittle trade done. Obviously, I give up more than just Schultz. Dawson Knox, I'm a little bit more. Uh, I know we're gonna talk about him later, so we're gonna get into him too depth in here. But like, I'd be a little bit more hesitant on him with the, how many touchdowns he scored. I know it's touchdown dependent because he's not going over 50 yards a ton. Um, but are those two players that you're going to capitalize on the momentum, kind of like an Austin Hooper a couple of years ago when he was tight end one and you see him fade back? Or do you think either of those guys are just just good enough where you just rather play it safe and keep those guys? I on, I honestly would rather just keep both of those guys and, and work out a trade some other way to get Kittle. Um, because like you said, they're, they're good enough. They're going to get you through – most weeks and the, and really they're both attached to good quarterbacks and good offenses which right now I can't say that either one of those things about George Kittle so it's it's very I like their both of their situations better right now and probably going forward obviously for the next three weeks but probably for like the almost the remainder of the regular season uh i feel like they're they're going to be fairly consistent i know obviously knox like you said has been scoring a lot of touchdowns um and, and that's really bolstered where he's at but he this is this is the kind of guy we envisioned dawson knox to be a few years back it was just he came into the league and had some growing pains and had some issues catching and then in the offseason we hear about all the training he's been doing for hand-eye coordination type of stuff and I feel like we're seeing the dividends now. And and 
he's he's got a quarterback that's willing to throw it up all the time. Um, he's a, he's got a, a little bit of a gunslinger uh, type of mentality. So I I like I like both those guys. So I, I I would try to figure out something else for Kittle. I like Knox not Knox a ton too. You're right. I mean everything's just everything screams about where he's coming from. I mean he's twenty he's coming into year three, right? The the, the, the typical breakout year for a tight end. He's twenty four years old. Schultz is twenty five years old. Uh, all the other receivers on that team are smaller. And stature, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs isn't small, but you know, he, he so that's why he's scoring a lot of touchdowns. He's the biggest red zone threat there. And again, mention those last two receivers, Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Guys are well over 30 years old mm-hmm. and most likely not to be on the team. So we could very be easily seeing that Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey pairing up with Josh Allen, where it's Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox as a one two weapon. And when you're looking for a high end tight end, that's the play, right? That's who you're looking for. Is target share. So Mark Andrews has always done so well, and I hate it because it's in L.A. I have no idea how it happened. Mark Andrews and Scott Fishbowl was my fourth overall pick, and somehow, guys, I have no idea how it happened until after the game because I was so busy in L.A. You sat him? Mark Andrews was on my bench this week. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) I still won my game, but if I did not sit him, I would be in 15th overall place in Scott Fishbowl. I still won. I'm still undefeated. My team's still good, and I was so pissed. I was so... I look at my wife, and I'm watching, I'm like... I love Mark Andrews on my bench. She's like, who's Mark Andrews? I'm like, he's my fourth overall pick. I was like, he plays tonight because we're going to go watch the Monday night game there in LA. I was like, watch. He hasn't had a monster game this year, but he'll have a monster game tonight because somehow he's on my bench. Uh, he scored 49 points in Scott mm-hmm. Fishbowl scoring format. So I I sat there. I cursed under my breath because the Ravens came back with that sorry win and now they're in first place in AFC North. And then, Daw- of course, Mark Andrews has the monster game with all his two-point conversions. So... Yeah, I mean, but again, he goes back to the point of, like, the guy who is heavily targeted. And that's what we're always looking for when it comes to the tight ends. Uh, Why Kyle Pitt's value went up. Well, and that, that is the one tricky part about Dawson Knox is he's actually done this on a, a crazy low target share. Uh, only one game where he's had a decent amount of targets. He had eight in week, either three or four it was. Uh, but other than that, he's doing this on, like, three targets, four targets. So the sustainability of it seems pretty low. They could always get him more involved. It's definitely a possibility. Um, but Dalton Schultz has actually been the opposite. He's right. actually had a really good uh, amount of, of, of the target share in Dallas, especially once Michael Gallup went down. That was a guy that we had talked about as soon as that injury happened, that he was the one that would probably benefit the most, more so than Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, that he would kind of fly up into that role, and that is that is how that played out. So, But going back to your original question with would you make the deal for Kittle, if, if I'm with Matt in if – I'm able to hold on to one of those two guys, ride the wave, understanding it probably won't last forever, but ride the wave wave while I can and do something else to acquire Kittle, then great. But chances are that that other team is going to want a tight end to fill in for George Kittle. So my guess is you are going to have to give up a guy like one of those two, and I would be willing to do it if that came to that point. Okay. While we're talking about that, I just had a trade offer come through. I'm going to accept this trade. Uh, <laughs> somebody just offered me a tight end uh, premium Superflex League. Uh, Mike Williams, our guy, who yeah, we yeah. love. Oh, yeah. For Brian Edwards, a 23 first and 23 third. I'm going to hit accept on that real quick, guys. Excuse me. Boom. Traded. Uh, same league. Another trade just went through. It's Josh Jacobs for a 23 first and Devontae Booker. Which So there you go. Devontae Booker is going to be a hot commodity move this week. Absolutely. Um, but I was listening. I was also listening to Dawson. Actually. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's. Are. He's, I, hey, I'm Mike Williams. Do you think my nipples are hard over here for no reason? Come on. So, but yeah, I mean, I like I liked Dawson Knox at Superflex tight end premium leagues. He has a chance to flirt with that top seven range of, I mean, 
Are are we finally possibly going to get into a uh, a range here? We're going to see some really good young tight ends kind of take a step forward here. I know we got Kelsey, but Hopefully, some guys are taking a step back. Waller's taking a step back. Goddard's not doing what we want him to do. Kasicki's hanging around there, averaging ten points per game. But anybody averaging over that ten points per game, we're looking at guys like I'm going to sweep out in Joku. Kittle's averaging over ten points per game. Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, Dalton Schultz. Darren Waller, Dawson Knox, and Mark Andrews. Those and, are your tight ends. And Hunter Henry is just like creeping. And it and it's because the last few weeks he's actually been turning it up a bit. So he, he very looked, he, he very well might be the guy that that kind of emerges out of those two uh down the stretch here and, and he'll probably be up over ten points if he you know, if the trend continues. Yeah, it might be a nice sneaky buy there as well. Yep. Going back to some injuries here, we got to kind of get through these guys here. I just got real excited about that. Mike Williams trade just another share. One of my most owned players in all fantasy dynasty fantasy football. I also um, just tra- made- I also just traded for him. Like I saw, yeah, it, you it, gave it, up you gave a three first for him and uh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, yeah, in a super flex league. So you know, you know, I had a bunch of extra picks, no big deal. Like, and I'm getting my guy. So you know, yeah. why not? And you're getting young guys. You're yeah. getting Jacobs, and you're getting Mike Williams. I mean, you basically, about first and a half for each player. I like that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that's good value for me. Uh, we mentioned Clyde Edwards down three to four weeks with his MCL spring. He's actually on IR. Juju Smith-Schuster out for the season with shoulder injury. What um, what a colossal flop. We kind of talked about him in the offseason when he finished his wide receiver 16 overall. Like, this is a good time to sell Juju. You know, Deontay Johnson's creeping up, which he has. Yeah, He's emerged has. as easily the number one receiver there. Chase Claypool's look good. Uh, Big Ben's probably not coming back to Pittsburgh. Juju's certainly not coming back to Pittsburgh. He went back there for one big year to try and get a big contract, and now he's probably going to rely on another one-year deal for right around that $7 million, $8 million price range here. If you own Juju, um, you know, a guy who at the time, you know, a couple of years ago, people were arguing was a top five dynasty startup wide receiver after his big year. We were not all in on Juju. A lot of people tried to rub it in their face when we said um, that we weren't, and he had that monster year. If you own Juju, are you looking for – any avenue out right now, or are you just stuck with Juju? I mean, I, f- I feel like you're stuck with him right now. He hasn't produced yeah. you know, up to the level that you would get any sort of return for a couple of years now. So I don't, I, you know, I think you're kind of, you're going to bite the bullet. You're going to hope he goes somewhere good with a quarterback that, you know, isn't past his prime. I mean, let's face it. It's not like big Ben's, he's not terrible. He can get the job done week to week, but he's just not what he used to be. So, <laughs> The person that probably stands the most to gain from all of this, uh, obviously James Washington steps up a little bit, but it's probably Najee Harris. And that's been the thing that's really helped him become, I think he's what, three or four overall. It's, it's, he's had an unreal amount of touches. And I think that's only going to continue. I think he'll get a lot of those lower, closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, dump off passes, and you can count on six, seven, eight targets a game. And out of the running back position, that's just an unreal amount to get per game. So this should help sustain Najee Harris throughout the season and and help him get a good overall target share and touch load uh, between rushing and, and receiving. Yeah, and Najee's averaging 19.3 points per game. It's it's a reason why, guys, I had him as my number one running back. Like, I liked his talent. I know you got, and again, I like Javante Williams' talent as well, too. But just when it came down to production, when they invested that first round pick for him, and I know the offensive line was doo doo, but I was thinking about Big Ben leaving soon and what he brought to the passing game, not only the running game. And that's where the value comes when you get those big backs that catch your football or run the, the football. Uh, the the, number, the only outlier there is Derrick Henry, right? He's the only outlier guy. I mean, Adrian, they, they come, they always come, right? Like Adrian Peterson was that outlier as well. Um, 
Uh, who was the other running back there in Chicago for a couple of years? That was consistently running back. One that had stone hands that couldn't catch anything. Went to Miami for a little bit. Oh, Jordan, God, Howard? Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard. Like, yeah. You find those outlier guys yeah. that come through here. But, I mean, that's what Najah Harris is. I mean, he's he, we. I expect him to be a top 12 fantasy football running back for the next four to five years. Yeah, and the the difference for me is, and, and I know people have already, I've seen it on Twitter, people think I'm a hater and all that. And I don't mean to be a hater. I just, I call it like I see it. I, I still don't think we've seen anything special out of Najee. I think he's been good, but it's just he touches the ball an unreal amount. You know, I haven't seen any plays where I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, or, you know, something that he's done amazing. But I think he's like, he's Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to be really solid and a really no. good player for, no. yes, he will be running back nine, running back 10 no. every year. And I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's special in any way. Yeah, I disagree there completely. I, I think what has I he think done that's special? Uh, I just I think behind the offensive line for how much he's getting hit and touched behind the offensive line and but he hasn't still run that producer. Well. So that part hasn't been great. I mean he's getting slammed behind before he gets to the line of scrimmage every time. I think I think he's made he's made a couple of nice cuts in there between the tackles. Um, I think he's showing that he he's a, he's a running back like an average over four yards per carry where Melvin Gordon did not consistently do. That. I just don't like that comp at all. I think Melvin Gordon was a product of uh, production, but he never really averaged a over four of yards production? per carry. Product of uh, the system. I mean, yeah, go ahead. A, a product of uh, touches. Well, you know, the amount of touches you get. I think, and I think that's what think it's going to be for Najee too. Yeah, I disagree. I think he's a little bit more talented of a running back. Uh, I like his feet a little bit more, and again, his hands uh, are where it's at. But and that, but that's fine. That's that's the case for most of these running backs, right? I mean, we love Alvin Kamara because of his hands and what he gets to do. DeAndre Swift, what he brings in the passing game. Um, we, the, I mean, that's. That's where the money is. You know, Zeke, we were talking about Zeke as a, a player this offseason before. It's like he brings so much to the passing game where it's only Alvin Kamara and uh, I can't remember the running back. We're catching more footballs than Zeke. So, yeah, I mean, we can sit here and say, well, that's why. But that's why for a lot of these players, right? That's why Austin Eckler. I mean, look at all these running backs at the top of the list besides Derrick Henry. Running back one overall, Derrick Henry. Running back two, Austin Eckler. Running back three, Najee Harris. Running back four, Zeke. Running back five on the year, Kareem Hunt. Running back six, Cordero Patterson. Running back seven, DeAndre Swift. What do all those running backs have in common? Aaron Jones is eight, but then you have Alvin Kamara at nine. These are all really good pass catcher running backs. That's where the juice is. These are the guys you want. So it's exactly what you want out of Najee Harris. Not saying Javante can't do that or the other running backs can't do it, but you you say that like it's a negative. Uh, I mean, I, what are all these guys like I think yards his per pass carry? Catching, like, what's Austin Eckler's yards per carry? I think you know his pass like, catching is his best attribute that from the college tape till now. I think that's his, absolutely his best attribute. My only thing is I I like to try to bet on special players, not special workloads in Dynasty. If it's redraft, yes, give me the workload. But long term, I would rather bet on players that I think are special versus good players. That's that's the the, the, the I, where I'm parsing it. Uh, you know, a, a special player. Saquon Barkley is a special running back, right? Right. I mean, look at him. He's been banged up. But where's his value? All his value comes from the, right now because of that team in the past catching ability. That's where all his value is. I mean, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of running backs out there that we love the special talent that's just coming from the running. It's it's Derrick Henry. How many of the running backs are we naming out there right now that are like, I, oh, they're just a I special like, talent? I feel like you're arguing something I'm not arguing with you. I agree. No, his pass catching no, no. is awesome. No, we're here to argue. Okay, You're I agree correct. with you. His pass catching is his best thing. I don't. I don't like your tone when you talk about Najee. Okay, I just don't like your tone. It's just to me, he's he's one of those special fancy running backs that breaks. You know, we talk about hashtag two to three year window. He's a hashtag four to five year window kind of running back. Uh, I think he's got the size to stay healthy uh, as well. So to me, I think he's 
I think Najee Harris, right now, you can consider him a premier dynasty fantasy football running back. You should go in the top two rounds of a dynasty startup. Okay, yeah. I, I would take him in the top two rounds, too. Oh, so now you want to agree with me. Yeah, see? We just I, like Javante. We just like Javante's long-term outlook more. I do, just, I do okay. still like Javante's outlook it, more. That's it. I mean. I, and I still think to there after this, again, Javante, whatever. You know, I think in, after five years from now, from the moment they both become starters, Najee Harris will still outproduce Javante Williams in fantasy football production, mostly because of his pass catching abilities. He's really good there. We will see. We we'll will, because Javante can catch some passes, too, and break off some big runs. He's... He's he's been putting up some highlight types type of things yeah, that do been, make you that get do make you go eight, whoa like eight touches. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. They are basically okay. splitting him right down the middle. Um, yeah. Whereas well, I'm going to be talking about him uh, later on today. Or in We're the, talking uh, here. Whereas so, in Najee Harris is almost getting ninety percent of the snaps. So I mean, they're not doing any well, sort of split. I there. wish it was a hundred. So <laughs> it uh, almost was injuries, like two Damian weeks Harris. ago. It was. <laughs> it was week one. Yeah. Uh, Damian Harris has his ribs. He's day to day. We mentioned where Andre Stevenson. They're probably going to give this kid a shot this week. Um, the coaches have come out kind of talking him up a little bit. He's somebody that after watching his tape, uh, you know, if you go back to our rookie tapes for running backs, we were talking about running backs that, you know, there was a like. Ramondre Stevenson was a name that we talked about. He mm-hmm. was a running back that we liked. I mentioned hashtag one to two year window kind of guy that if he just gets his opportunity, he could produce on the ground and get it done. So I'm excited to see him play this week. Daniel Jones, concussion week to week. Kenny Galladay, knee injury week to week. They've got nothing out of that big money contract out there for him. Joe Bur- Burrow is a threat contusion. He should be okay. He's on a uh, voice silence. Rob Gronkowski, very close to coming back, but he's already been ruled out for tomorrow night yep. or the day this podcast comes out, which is a Thursday. It usually comes out on Wednesday, but again, I was in L.A. Uh, Max Williams, if you had Max oh. Williams, your teams probably wasn't doing too good. Well, did you guys, I, did I, do you guys- wanna, I do want to say something on that. With, with Max Williams out, they don't have a lot of other tight ends there. So I, I think a team that already runs a lot of Heavy wide receiver sets are only going to run even heavier wide receiver sets. I mean, it's going to be three and four wide receivers almost every time. I think that's really good news for not necessarily DeAndre Hopkins because he's always out there anyway, but uh, Rondale Moore and Christian Kirk, those two yeah. guys, I think that's really good news for them. I think What's get- really good about Rondale, too, is uh, Chase Edmonds is banged up. And like last week, he got three carries out of the backfield. So that's kind of encouraging well that they're going to use utilize him like that. I was going to say Chase Edmonds is a guy that could get some more carries or get some more touches in the passing game sure. as well. So, But did you guys see yeah, that we'll injury see that. Uh, uh, by Max Williams? Yeah, it was nasty. It did not look good. The knee was bending knee sideways. Oof. It never looked good. And he was a guy, I, yeah, I believe, already good. came off like microfracture uh, knee surgery. If my memory serves me, like his rookie year or something like Might that. Might have. I'd have to go. Um, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, because he was a second-round pick, and he, he went down. He was just – he couldn't come back from it. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those players that had to – you know, kind of like Jake Buck coming out of Michigan, real high prospect, double knee injury, and just you couldn't come back from it. And say these injuries, you never know. Some players can come back, and some people just can't come and back. And it's a bummer because he was uh, – Let's yeah. wrap these guys up real quick. It took him a long time to get back, and he was finally producing yep, again. Um, Max Williams, sorry. But go ahead. Yeah, then you get a freak injury. Yep. Uh, Quinn, Quinn Cephas, he's out for the year with a broken collarbone. And then Curtis Samuel, he's out again with that groin injury week to week. Just somebody who – Super talented. It's just, and he's somebody I've talked about over the last couple of years as a great dynasty buy, but can't get I mean, right now he's just, he's at the bottom of your roster. You just can't stay healthy. Uh, on, he, he might just be one of those players. On Cephas real quick, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown has really increased his target share the past few weeks. His production has gone up uh, the past few weeks. He might be a type of guy that you would consider flexing uh, this week as he's, he's really gotten the eye of Jared Goff. 
Was it um, Khalif Raymond yeah. as well? Yeah, I mean, we uh, talked about him. Yeah, that was that's been seeing some targets uh, target yep. increase. Yeah, former uh, Tennessee Titan, I believe. <laughs> yep. Sorry if you're wondering. I'm looking at my phone here. Uh, I'm bringing up my picks for the week. Uh, so talking about my bookie here, and I've been talking about these last couple of weeks about some good plays and how well I've been doing down here and coming out successful. And you know the hot streak still continues, boys. Uh, <laughs> I'm still crushing. I'm up five times my original deposit. Yeah. Which is, you know, <clears throat> with my bookie, nice. They give you that. Uh, they give you that bonus deposit of 100, percent right? So like I got free money, so I was playing with their money. And I still been playing with their money. <laughs> so right now, my bookie, they're offering some good thing. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you can go on there and they have a lot of good opportunities, whether you want to play parlays or anything you want to do at my bookie, they have it, table games. But right now, you can make your first deposit and re- receive double your money like I did before you place the bet at my bookie. That's dollar for dollar match on whatever you want to throw down there. Winning season's here, so you can get in the game and get to mybookie.ag now. And use that promo code NERDS so you get a 100% match and double your deposit. That's promo code NERDS so you can double your funds. And I know I've been going all week because, you know, when people gamble and they lose, nobody wants to talk about it. When they want to gamble and they want to win, they can't shut up. So right now I'm not going to shut up because you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And that's what I've been doing. And what I've been really doing this year has been hard. I've been attacking these three-team teasers, um, and I've been crushing. Like I said, I'm up five times my original deposit. Five times. And that's – I feel very comfortable about it. And I win. I've won the last couple of weeks. Here is my three te- – I did a three-team teaser. I did two of them. Uh, Green Bay – Plus one and a half, Kansas City minus one, and the Chargers plus nine. That is my three-team teaser of the week that I feel really good about. I put the most credits on that. And I did another big-time uh, teaser where I had the Chargers plus nine, Cleveland plus three and a half, and Dallas plus two and a half. So those are my teasers of the week. Follow the hot hand until it's not hot anymore. If you lose, hey, 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 make your, make your own bets. I'm just, I'm just telling you, I'm in a hot streak right now. Call me Mr. Inferno. On a heater. Uh, we're going to talk now about predictionstrike.com. Uh, they've been advertising with us for a while, and they're a perfect hand and glove fit for what we do here at Dynasty Nerds. We're always talking about those under-the-radar guys. I just mentioned a guy like Amon Ra St. Brown that could could really escalate his, his stock, escalate his value. Uh, you, you can go over to predictionstrike.com, look at some of those guys, and they have this incredible app, so you can use the website, you can use the app for iOS. Best of all, sign up now with promo code DYNASTY, and you receive a free share of any player with your first deposit of $20 or more. That's any player you want to get, you're like, hey, I really like Justin Herbert. I think he's going to only get better somehow, but go, go, oh, love him. go get him, all right? That's promo code DYNASTY to receive a free share with your first deposit of $20 or more at predictionstrike.com. We're going to talk about Justin Herbert in a minute. I can't wait to get in this because it's a really good debate. Uh, Garrett put a couple of topics here to talk about the end of the show. I like all of them. We kind of, one of them, those topics you had in here, Garrett, was D- Dawson Knox. I feel like we kind of talked about we him. We did. We ended up talking about earlier. him with George Kittle. So, yeah, we don't. I don't think we have to go too much more into him. Uh, what was the next one you had on that list? Yeah, Kadarius Tony. Mm. Kadarius Tony went from nothing, 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 tiny bit. Oh, my gosh. Uh, this past week, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 189 yards, and 18 different clips on YouTube of him breaking people. Uh, how do we feel 
Don't forget um, to mention that he got inje- ejected from the game also. <laughs> and ejected for punching somebody at the end of the game. What the five fingers say to the face? Uh, where are we at on Kadarius, Tony? I know we had some... Uh, we didn't love him. We didn't hate him in our rookie prospects. We were kind of lukewarm on him. Where are we at today with Kadarius Tony? Um, I mean, I think I had him uh, slightly higher than you guys did. I think I had him at like the back end of my my first round. But I think we're seeing exactly what we saw on the college tape. The guy has got ridiculous quickness and can get separation in a hiccup. You know what I mean? So lateral agility. He's got crazy burst, crazy lateral agility. Um, if he, it, 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 you know, how I felt was if he can learn to run a route and kind of harness that um, skill and kind of natural ability, <sighs> then he could be he could be hugely dangerous. And we're seeing it now. I mean, guys are taking horrible angles. This is, I mean, this is the guy. This is the kind of stuff you see when people try to catch Tyree Kill. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just he's on a different level as far as burst and speed. I don't know that his long speed is anywhere near Tyree Kills because I don't think anyone's is, but. From a, a shorter from quickness, a, from a short area burst, people are just taking crappy angles on this guy, and he's beating them to the spot. You know what I mean? So he's getting to the open field, and he's breaking big plays. So I think he's, I think he's finally realizing, you know, his college potential from what we saw on tape. Basically, his his highest upside in in one game. It's a small sample size. Um, can it continue? I, I mean, with with you know the lack of, I guess any big name guys around him. Cause I mean, Kenny Galladay is not really doing Sterling Shepard's always kind of been a nice number two or number three type of wide receiver. I do. I mean, I think, I think it can continue. I think this is why they drafted him. Let me ask this question because overall, I, I do think I'm with you, but are we concerned that it took Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton and Saquon Barkley all to be hurt for this to finally happen? Because before this, he just he just wasn't even seeing the field. Now that could have been, you know, we saw kind of maybe some of the immaturity issues there at the end That's, of the game, and yeah. some of the you know the the between the years stuff of just making good decisions, and you know we never know how guys are going to react to the NFL game and, and all of those kinds of things. Is it him as a player? Is it him as a as an individual? Like where are, is that a concern at all? Absolutely, hundred percent. I mean. Th- the fact that they spend a first round draft pick on him and it took him, you know, till game five to kind of dig his way out of the doghouse. And it also took a bunch of injury injuries for it to really, for him to get his opportunity. I think you definitely have to take that into account, but now we've seen what he can do on a football field in the NFL with other world-class type of athletes. Um, I'm guessing, you know, as long as he can keep his head on straight, it sounded like he was very, um, you know, apologetic about the ejection. Um, and, and very kind of forthcoming about his uh, his apology to like everybody. Uh, yeah, so, it did. Um, so I I think I think he got his opportunity. They saw what he can do, and I'd be I I think it's going to be harder for to put the genie back in the bottle. I guess is, is the way you sure. want to put it. What about um, you, Rich? I'm encouraged. I'll start there. Um, not a player I overly love there. Like Matt said, I, I was really worried about his route running, but his route running looked pretty good this past Sunday. Um, his lateral agility and his bursts, like Matt said, looked absolutely dynamic. But you mentioned a lot of things. I mean, Sterling Shepard's coming back this week, so that's going to show a little bit. They paid Kenny Galli- Galladay $17 million a year. Uh, that's going to that's gonna kind of show us where it is. And then no Saquon Barkley. You know, they lose Saquon Barkley. They, use, they, they don't have Kenny Galladay. They don't have Sterling Shepard. So... This is their first round pick, and he was heavily targeted. You know, I mean, we talk about Najah Harris, his workload, his workload. 
The same thing can be said about a wide receiver, right? Mm -hmm. Where it translates to that way as well. And I mean, Devontae Adams, right? Seeing over 50% of a team's target share. Uh, guys like DeAndre Hopkins go forever. Over 50% of a target share. Now, they are talented players, yes, but it helps them become elite wide receiver ones year in and year out because carries equal fantasy points, targets equal fantasy points. And Kadarius Tony is heavily loaded there. So I am worried about, like, how is it going to look and how is it going to translate when you bring Saquon back? And then you have Sterling Shepard on the field this week. And then Kenny Galladay comes back. Like, where all these pieces fit in um, together for, with Kadarius Tony? With the offensive line, but it's encouraging. I will say that. I'm very encouraged about a player that I was a little bit more down on. And mostly it really comes down to he has the draft pedigree for sure, which yep. is always a, a you know, it's always a bump. But I was just really encouraged by his route running. If you really want to I mean that's that was really it. So uh if he can give him a position to get out from that Kenny Galladay contract at some point, then yeah, yep. we have you know, and Daniel Jones can get it together and the offensive line gets better and Saquon gets back to where it is. I mean, you may have yourself a high-end wide receiver, too, with occasional wide receiver one finishes throughout the year because he looked absolutely dynamic. World-class speed. Um, I mean, a guy can break your ankles in a second. So very encouraged on Kadarius Tony. I'm not going to go ahead and start jumping up and down and declaring anything. I want to see how this starts to slowly keep progressing as other players get mixed in the fold. And even all that said, too, where if, the, if it doesn't go his way right away, too. I mean, this is his first year, right? right. Like, he still has you time to grow into this team. He's a promising player. So, that for that glimpse, I'm very encouraged. Uh, a definitely significant bump will be going, coming to my dynasty rankings just on the upside there alone on a one-game finish. We, like, again, opportunity comes. You have to seize the opportunity and produce. Not every player does that. He did it. So, that's all you can ask for. I mean, it doesn't matter that everybody else was hurt. It didn't matter that the running back was out and they had nobody else to go to but him. If that situation comes up and then you don't produce, that's a major red flag, right? This is very encouraging for Kadarius Tony. So, yeah, I, I'm lucky when I see You know, him. we know Urban Meyer is a great, uh, you know, a great college coach. How nervous are we that we're going to have Kadarius Tony enter the transfer portal and then, you know, head over to Jacksonville? I think I think that's what Herb's trying to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Herb's gonna be round long enough for him to. Uh, <laughs> we we know we loved Kadarius Tony out of the draft with his uh, faux pas slipping up there. But uh, let's talk about some of these quarterbacks. We mentioned Justin Herbert earlier. Uh, two of these three players played absolutely fantastic this week. They're also incredibly young as well. Uh, it was always just kind of a foregone conclusion. Patrick Mahomes is QB one. Where are we at with potentially Josh Allen and Justin Herbert in that equation? How close are they to Justin Herbert? Or maybe has one of them even passed Patrick Mahomes for you? So it's obviously we're talking about super flex. Obviously it translates to... Or even one QB. I one mean, QB. just the order of the quarterbacks. <laughs> this is hard for me. Very, very hard. Pat Mahomes is 26, averaging 27.29 points per game. Josh Allen's 25, averaging 25.92 points per game. And then you have Justin Herbert, who's 23, averaging 25.21 points per game. So to me, what it really comes down to is Pat Mahomes is still my number one, mm -hmm. right? Like, he's still my number one. He's dynamic. He's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Travis Kelsey. He's making Cole Hardman look good. I'm sure they're going to get another weapon here soon. It comes down to who's my number two overall quarterback. And again, we're splitting hairs here, but it's tough because Josh Allen has been such an outlier when it comes to breaking the mold for his accuracy coming out of Wyoming. But when I watch Justin Herbert, I'm seeing a very special player, 
a very special player at the age of 23 years old. And I know Josh Allen's only 25 and he brings that leg mobility, but they only get you, you know, they only get you so far, the, the, the leg. Now Josh Allen's arm looks dynamic too, so I can't push it back there. So I'm, I'm torn between the two. They're, they're, if I was on the clock right now though, and I was in a legit draft in a super flex league and I had the one, two pick, it'd be really, really hard for me to pass up Justin Herbert. Like it, that you, just because if I'm looking at a tiebreaker between the two, right? Like their points per game is pretty close. Uh, why not just take the two years? You know what I mean? Why not get the two years? This kid's going to get, a, I know Josh Allen got his extension. Herbert's going to get an extension, be the highest played player of all time at one point. There's nothing I haven't seen coming off of la- what he did last year and what I've seen from Justin Herbert, because I have a lot of Justin Herbert shares, so I pay very close attention sure. to him. Um, you know, he was our number three overall player coming out last year. And we said, you know, we always put these players in place, like Daniel Jones, and this is like, this is why you take these quarterbacks at three and you pass on no matter how enticing those other guys looked, you know, the Jerry Judys and all the running backs that we loved last year. And we're like, no, you got to take Justin Herbert. Like you have to, because this is the potential outcome that could come live. The number two overall player in a super flex league. You just can't pass that up. I mean, hell, if he was quarterback 12, it'd be fine there. But to me, when I watch Josh, Justin Herbert play, I see a very elite quarterback making fantastic decisions with a good arm week in, week out at 23 years old. He's so far ahead of some of these other quarterbacks that we've seen come out and slowly progress. I mean, he's been doing it literally since day one. I would have to say today, Justin Herbert's my number two overall dynasty uh, superflex quarterback. And it, we're splitting hairs, right? Like, there's no right or wrong sure. between Josh Allen. You might Kyler Murray looks great as well, and he's got the rushing ability. Dak Prescott. But if I had to rank him, yeah. Dak Prescott's really good. And still not that old. But if I'm doing a superflex tight end premium, I had the first overall pick. I'm taking Pat Mahomes. I got a second overall pick. I'm taking Justin Herbert. If I got a third pick, I'm taking Josh Allen. The fourth pick is where it starts to come. Hey, am I taking Dak Prescott? Am I taking Kyler Murray here? But, you know, even even Lamar Jackson, uh, his arms look significantly better this year. His running game is dynamic. He's still there, quarterback three in a year. But I'm currently going to go Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. What say you, friends? I mean, I'm definitely with you that Pat Mahomes is is still the number one. I have a I will just like you, I'm having they're almost indistinguishable. They're really hard to figure out and kind of separate the two. And and if you're, you know, gun to my head, I think I would go Justin Herbert as well. And and I think it's because you get two extra years. He did it. Um, you know he's just he's just that he's he's that dynamic. And I think the weapons around him are are just a a tinch better. Um, than the ones there in Buffalo. So, I mean, I was literally like racking my brain trying to think of what really separates these two. And it's not like one of them is significantly more athletic. One of them has a significantly better arm and, and like is more accurate. There, there isn't much that really separates these two, but Justin Herbert's a little bit younger. Justin Herbert probably has a, one of my favorite wide receivers to throw. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to lean towards that for me. Um, and, and, you know, that way I can stack them with my favorite wide receiver and, and have a nice day. It's a good tie. It's a significant tiebreaker. Two years, 25 and 23. I mean, two years is it's, it's not like it's a year, mm-hmm. you know, it's like two years at two. If you somehow get two extra years and then with Josh's running ability at the goal line, it does increase his chances of get hurt. You know, when you run the goal line, 
the, uh, it increases much higher chance because the boxes are stacked much smaller space to get hurt. Um, so that's my take breaker. Garrett, what do you uh, think? It's, it's weird, but I'm, we're going to be three for three. I'm actually going Justin Herbert as well. But there, there's two there's two main reasons. Uh, and one of them is because Justin Herbert gets to play on the West Coast. He's playing in L.A. He's playing in uh, I'm trying to think of all the teams out there. Uh, the Arizona can't. No, that's the that's the NFC. But he's playing Las Vegas. He's playing Kansas Denver. City. Like, yeah. yeah. So he's playing Denver's a little bit tougher uh, weather wise. But end of the season, Josh Allen's having to play in Buffalo. He's having to play in New York. He's having to play in in New England. Those are going to be much more difficult weather games. And you never know in the playoffs when you're going to get that total blizzard and just the the game sucks for all that because you're playing a lot of your division games towards the end of the season it's it's tiny normally i would not be as picky about something like that but when they're that close those are the little things that i do think about of you know and and honestly it's a much tougher division too right now miami's not a very good football team uh the new york jets are not a very good football team like so that's helps bring me back the other way a little bit with Josh Allen. So it, I I wrestle back and forth in my mind because those are the those are the little bit of tiebreakers, but still I think there's going to be a lot of high flying games against Kansas City. I th- still think there's going to be a lot of high flying games uh, against uh, the Raiders and 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 Denver. And so there's enough there that it still helps me to lean slightly slightly to Justin Herbert, but it's it's close. And you can pick either one, and I'm not going to be mad at you. All right. Uh, last but not least, we went from Zeke being absolutely dead. Everybody didn't want him in the offseason. First week or two seemed justified. He didn't have a very good output. And then these past three weeks, he's been an absolute monster. Right now, if you are a contender and you need a running back, which chances are you do with all the injuries to guys, you know, Dalvin and Mixon are both banged up right now. Montgomery's out. CEH is out. Barkley's out. Like, Chris McCaffrey's just coming back. Like, you probably need a running back. What are you willing to pay as a contender right now to get Zeke on your team? Or are you going after him? Maybe you're not going after him. But assuming you're a contender, assuming you'd be going after him, what are you willing to pay to get Zeke on your team? Yeah, I see. I I bought the dip um, for me heavily. I did. Yeah, uh, for me, it's I bought him. I gave up a first, and I can't remember. I gave up something else, too, but... To me, I the time to buy was a dip. I think you might still be able to buy now, but you're paying two first for Zeke. I think that's the price, yeah. At least. Yeah, two, two first. And you're paying two first for him. Would you? And before... Would you do that on a contender? Yeah. Listen, it goes back to what we were talking about before, about these pass catcher running backs. Between Alvin Kamara, and I, I always forget the third guy. I always forget the third guy who's in, in that... CMC and, and Austin Eckler. It was, no, it was Austin Eckler and Alvin Kamara. CMC didn't play last year. Oh, yeah. So over the last two years, nobody's caught more footballs than Zeke Elliott. Like he's an elite pass catching running back. He's he's essentially like Kareem Hunt, who gets all the carries, right? Like if Kareem Hunt was, if Nick Chubb wasn't here, Kareem Hunt would arguably potentially be running back one over. Same could be said if, I mean, right? if Hunt wasn't there and it was just Chubb. Yeah, I mean, I think Kareem's a little bit more dynamic in the passing game. Let me put that sure, way. but yeah, Chubb could be too. But Zeke is not only a talented runner, but he's a very talented pass catcher. And he's still young. He, he he's, he's he's got the production. He's got the money. He's twenty six years old. You're probably going to get this out of Zeke for the next two to three years, right around there. 
of high-end running back one produ- production. So if you're a contender, right, Zeke's a championship caliber player. There's not a lot of championship caliber players out there, right? Guys that year in, year out, that you can count on to get you where you need to be. The Alvin Kamara's, the Derrick Henry's, Zeke Elliott's, um, at running back, you can probably throw Aaron Jones' name into this. Yeah, some guys can flirt, and there's all, and that's what you know when these Miles Sanders pop up, right? And we say you got to sell. So when Cam Akers popped up earlier this year, like you got to sell because the value's too good. When Najee Harris pops up, you got to sell the value's too good. <laughs> I think Najee <laughs> Harris is going to enter this category too. There, there's not a lot of guys that are these championship caliber running backs, right? That week in, week out, give you high end production. So. And Zeke, let's face it, Zeke's been relatively healthy his entire career as well. So for me, I hate paying a price for a running back, but if you need one, that's the price you got to pay. And if I'm a championship contender, I think all, I think anybody that comes with that price tag, any running back below Zeke is coming that price tag, right? Like Joe Mixon probably coming with that price tag. I feel much more comfortable paying that for Zips. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm buying. I think we talked about in the show before, right, about um, about that Zeke Elliott dip where we had him as a seller. We're like, wow, this has come full circle. Zeke's 100% a buy. Correct. Like You probably get Zeke for uh, a first plus right now. Um, and Because I remember my, my trade, I actually traded David Montgomery a first, and maybe another first, but I got, I think I traded two first in David Montgomery, and I got Justin Herbert and Zeke in a one QB league. I feel damn good about that trade. Damn good about that trade. Yeah. I got a top three dynasty quarterback and I got a top three dynasty running back right now. So, um, yeah, I'm buying a dip. I saw Matt, you're, you're not in your head, Gary. I don't know yep. where you, where you stand at it, but I think this is a great, buy. Yeah, if it, it's, it's always tough to give up multiple first, especially for an older player, but let's face it. Championships live forever. You know, like if you have to rebuild, you have to rebuild afterward. But championships live forever. He's the guy that can absolutely get you to that point. And your pick, assuming you're trading one of those picks is is your pick, that that means it's going to be 10, 11, 12. That's not going to be a high pick. This is not a class I love. Um, And so I don't think there's going to be a ton of amazing players at the end of the first round. So you're probably not missing out on anything huge there anyway. This of of all years, this would be the year to do it. Absolutely, yeah, and, you, it. and you got and you got to think too to piggyback on that. With, with the strategy in this is, say you give up a twenty two first and twenty three first to a team that has Zeke, and you, you, but now obviously this team is not a contender, right? Because the only team that's going to trade Zeke is not a contender. Right. You do that. There's, I would I would even go more. Honestly, I'd probably throw a twenty two second on top of there as well to get them. Um, you, you might have to throw a little bit more on top of those two first to get Zeke, but I would be willing to do that because. One, like you said, Gary, you get, you get the, they're going to be late first. But there's retention value. There's regained value here with Zeke. Just because you gave those first, at any point, if your team goes awry, you could probably flip. Say, say next year your team goes awry and you have to deal with a couple injuries. You could probably flip Zeke right back for two more firsts in 23 and 24, which are going to be strong in classes of 22 anyways. If you ride them out for those, those two firsts altogether and you can win two championships... I think with the next two to three years of using Zeke, I think you can get the equal production and then sell him for almost equal cost. I think there's still a window to get out from Zeke at some point, not now, and maybe a couple of years down the road, where you could probably get some of that retention, that same value back. And then even in worst case, at some point, you just trade Zeke for one first, right? Like he's a little bit older, you're going to get a first out of him, but he's still producing a high level. 
That means you only gave up a first round pick for Zeke. Right. Right. And then you can try and get a little bit higher in the draft. So I think what's good about a player like him is not only do you give him, I think there's a lot of, it's like, it's like I knew a teacher once and in the summers they would buy an RV, him and his wife were teachers. They would buy an RV in the summer and they would travel with their family the entire summer. And then at the end of the summer, they would sell the RV and they never once sold the RV for less than they bought it. They would literally try and sell it for exactly what they bought it. He said one year they actually made money on it. So that's the kind of, that's the kind of like comparison I want to use is like, you can buy Zeke, ride him around all summer long and see the world. And then when you're done and your vacation's over, you can sell him and almost just pretty much get your money back. Love it. So I think he's a fantastic. Player. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. That's all we got, man. All right, that was it for this week. Uh, hopefully, we get through this next week without uh, any injuries. But again, even if you're in the middle of your dynasty league and you think and you think you have a chance to win it, and there's some players out there, people are up. It's gonna get hot, and heavy in the trade season. Starting now, I'm seeing a ton of trades. I'm in 20 yep. dynasty leagues. Go through. I literally just made one on the air for Mike Williams. Um, this is where people are gonna really start to realize that they're out of it. Right? They, the bye weeks are hitting. The injuries are hitting. People are coming to the realization. You may they start off hot, like, hey, God, man, I'm in seventh place right now, but I can't win this. I got to start selling some of this. I got to move back in the draft. My team kind of not going to win, right? There's windows here to buy. And equally, like I said in the beginning of the show, with buying windows, there's got to be sellers. It's a good time to sell. If your team's middle of the road, it's in the bottom, there's no place worse than being stuck in the middle. Now's the time to actually gain value. When it comes to Dynasty Fantasy Football for draft capital, this is it. Because after the season, it's super expensive and impossible to get. If you ever want to get a piece of that 23 class, or even 22, which would probably be stronger than most people think, this is the time. Over these next three to five weeks, there's going to be some really good opportunities for you to get some really good value on both ends. So make sure you take care of that, because that's the key to win Dynasty Fantasy Football Championships, is you got to make moves, and you got to act quickly, because you can't fall behind too far. Because if you stay stagnant and you don't make any moves, you're going to get passed up. We say it forever. And like Garrett said before, championships live forever. Don't be afraid to go all in. Don't be afraid to go in there and pay those two verses, like we said, for Zeke. Worry about the return and the costs later. Injuries open doors. There's a team that's in first place, maybe to suffer a couple injuries. They're going to go down. They're going to miss out. They had Russell Wilson. Opens the door. It's another sliver of chance to win this ship. We all play to win. Analytics. Notes. Long-term value, um, you know, building for the future. That's all great. But we play this game for one reason and one reason only, and that's to win championships. Because like Garrett said, they live on forever. And that's what we preach here, and that's what we always try to go for. We always try to focus on how to help you win. And sometimes winning, it is. It's rebuilding. And these windows to sell, the green draft cattle will put you in position to get those Justin Herberts and get Antonio Gibsons on your team, to get those Najee Harris's, and then make moves for guys like James Robinson uh, or Austin Ecklers. So remember, the reason we play, it gets lost a lot throughout Twitter. It gets lost a lot through all articles is a lot of people want to get value, value, value. Well, you know what the best value is? Holding that trophy above your head at the end of the year and being a champion. That's the best value in fantasy, dynasty fantasy football. Go out and get it. And if somebody says you overpaid, you never overpay too much for a ship. I mean, you can, I mean, you can definitely overpay. <laughs> I say you never, but never except for that one time. But but even if you have to rebuild, even if you're real build for four years because of it, if you got that one ship, I promise you. It's worth it. I promise you it's worth it. Because at one point, 
almost everybody's going to have to rebuild anyways. It's all the fun's going to run out. Your team's going to get old. You're going to make the right changes. You're going to get there. But it, if you can't, if, if, if your team looks good and you came close so many times because your team was almost there, but you never wanted to pull that trade because I couldn't give up two firsts for a running back. One day you're going to look back and like, shit, I should have gave up those firsts for Zeke. Look at that. In that home run stretch, I would have won. I would have won. And that's all that matters. So hopefully everybody can make some moves this week. If not next week, we're going to help you guide along the way. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel where we got some more Dynasty content coming that way throughout YouTube. We're back here next week. And of course, on the Nerd Herd shows coming up, we'll be giving our Dynasty buys and sells of the week. Um, and we got a lot of game film coming out now too in the Dynasty yeah. film with my Dynasty nerds. A lot of all 22 tape, a lot of this rookie tape. If you want to watch these rookies and you want to get a head start, check out the Dynasty film room and the Dynasty GM to help make these trades. Remember, we got trade finders. We got trade calculators. We got league analyzers. We got everything you need to dominate your fantasy football league and make all the right decisions besides this is a podcast. Join the nerd herd today. Become a member. Uh, and you know what? You know what? Even if... The, the first three people that sign up for a new championship, you just tweet me that you sign up for new, uh, a year-long membership. I'm going to send you a shirt. I feel first Nice. Time. I'm going to send you the most comfortable shirt ever. If you buy a year membership, first three to tweet me at, they just bought it. They want to try it out. You're going to get a discount. I'm going to ship you a nerd shirt. So let's get back with it. We'll be back next week, guys. Adios.